This podcast was brought to you by Anchor. Okay, so as we get into this today, normally, uh, well, I say normally, there's been two whole episodes, so we don't even know what normally is. But instead of going into uh, topic, 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 please tell me that you guys saw Zlatan Ibrahimovic saying that he's the greatest MLS player of all time. When I saw that, you know what, let's not, let's just get right into it. This is this week's cautionable offense. We're going to do it right off the bat. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Okay, so Zlatan came out and said, now, now <laughs> nobody's surprised when Zlatan says ridiculous things, and he's always just kind of smiled behind it, knowing, hey, you know, half my game is my talk, so I'm just going to talk, and it's fine, but he always backs it up on the field, but even for Ibrahimovic, this was a little ridiculous, to claim that he is the greatest Major League Soccer player of all time. <laughs> How? I mean, just on a base level, and I mean, again, I've seen some people who agreed with this. There's some people who interacted on Facebook, and, uh, whether it was on my posts or on a, the story that I saw it on. I just, I, I don't even understand where you would think he's the greatest Major League Soccer player of all time. Okay, first of all, Zlatan played two seasons in Major League Soccer. The conversation should be over right there, okay? Right there. It should be over. Two seasons he played. You can't be the greatest in any league ever if you only played two seasons. I just, I, so sorry, somebody explain to me that one, okay? Let's go over the things that Zlatan actually did while he was here for two whole seasons with the LA Galaxy, okay? Zero MLS Cups. Zero Supporter Shields. Zero MVP. Zero Golden Boots. Zero Record Set. Zero, 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 zero. I mean, an MLS Cup, Supporter Shield, MVP, Golden Boot, records, some sort of records that shouldn't maybe you have at least two of those to even be considered to be in the conversation for the greatest ever, okay? Now, I'll be fair with the records. He's not going to get a lifetime record in two years, but he didn't set any regular season records in that time either, except for maybe being the biggest douchebag we've seen on the field in a long time. Don't get me wrong. I love Ibrahimovic, but you cannot say that he was not toxic for the galaxy. The guy, his arrogance was just awful, awful to watch on the pitch. Him him coming to Major League Soccer really kind of damaged my opinion of him. He's always been one of the best players out there. He's always been, it's not just that he puts the ball in the net, okay? He puts the ball in the net in ways that you don't see coming. And that was what I loved about him. Big contrast to somebody like Ronaldo, you know, I know you Ronaldo fanboys love him and you think he's the best ever, but I bet you the list, like if you were to put a video together of Ronaldo's top 10 goals, Zlatan's top 10 goals, none of Ronaldo's would even make it into the middle of that list of Zlatan's top 10. Like, that's how amazing of goals he scores. But anyways, if we look at the two seasons that he was here, in 2018, we're to run through this, 22 goals he scored, okay? Nothing to turn your nose at. Good season. Yosef Martinez scored 31. He led the league. Galaxy missed the playoffs that year. The greatest player in the history of the league couldn't even get his team into the playoffs. Okay? So somebody explained that one to me. In 2019, he scored 30 goals. Second overall, again. So he, he came back. He did better. 30 goals. Nothing to sneer at. Carlos Vela scored 34. Led the league. So no golden boot there. They got into the playoffs. They finished fifth 
in the West. The LA Galaxy, with the best player Major League Soccer has ever seen, finished fifth in the West. Okay, fifth. I mean, you didn't have to finish first, but fifth? Fifth in the West. Greatest player ever. Okay. You know how many uh, playoff games he got into? Two. One goal, one assist, out of the playoffs. LA Galaxy went home. He wasn't even the best while he was here. He was over. He was in the top three over a two-year period. So if we combine those two years, okay, between 2018 and 2019 combined, he scored 52 goals. Yosef Martinez scored 58. Carlos Bella scored 48. Yosef Martinez won a title. Way more impressed. 58 goals in two seasons, 31 in that first one, and a championship. He's got more rewards on MLS. Like, his accolades in MLS are already better than Zlatan. What? I'm sorry, Ibra, what did you do? Scored some great goals. That's, you've always done that. That's not new. But here's what really gets me, okay? I saw another interview with him, and this is an older one. Because, again, he's always said he was the best. I don't have a problem with people in the moment saying, I'm the best in the league, I'm the best this, you can't stop me, blah, blah, blah. Do all that, okay? Muhammad Ali was great because he said he was great. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and talking like that. Even if you lose a fight, you can still say he's the greatest. And guess what? Everybody calls him the greatest. That's it. The greatest is in the room. You know who we're talking about. If I walked into a room and said the best player in Major League Soccer history is here, I think people would... Is it this guy? Is it? Is it Landon Donovan? The fact that it would even be a discussion about other players says, right there, Ibra, you're not the best player Major League Soccer has ever seen. You may be the most talented, but you were not the best player the league has ever seen. Period. Okay? And here's what Ibra said. When Getting back to this interview. This was an old one. Like I said, he has always been this way. So if you, if you didn't hate him before, there's no reason to start hating him now just because he's running his mouth, right? But he was in this interview, and I want you guys to hear this and hear what he says. You said right now you're the best player in Major League Soccer. There's another player in Los Angeles, Carlos Vela. In this moment, he's got 19 goals, 12 assists, and his team is leading Major League Soccer. Do you still consider yourself the best player in Major League Soccer? By far. Because if he's in, in his prime, how old is he? Carlos Vela's 29. 29. He's playing in MLS and he's in his prime. Mm -hmm. When I was 29, where was I? Yeah, you were in Europe. Big difference. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm sorry, where is the answer to the question there, Zlatan? He said, this guy says, what about uh, Carlos Vela, guy who's having a pretty good season? Doesn't say it, but he could have looked at him and said, having a better season than you and your team. And Zlatan says, oh, well, how old is he? 29. And when I was 29, I was in this league. So you tell me. Nobody asked who's better at 29 years old, Ibra. We're trying to figure out who the best player in the league was right now. You were number two that year. You were number two two years in a row. I mean, what do you want me to say? You couldn't even get your team into the playoffs the first year. You couldn't get past the first round the next year. So what? What did you do? You came, you scored some goals for a couple seasons, realized that you couldn't actually win in this league, and then you went back to Europe. Waste of time for you to come here. Waste of time. We're being honest. You, it sucked watching you on the field. You were an arrogant prick. And all you could do is score. And again, it may be the most valuable part of the game. People like winning, you know? There's not a doubt in anybody's mind that says you are far and away a better, more talented player than Landon Donovan could have ever hoped to be. But when you say, hey, who made the LA Galaxy great? 
Who's the best Galaxy player we ever had? It ain't you, bud. It's probably LD, the guy who actually won some championships. Because that's what we do here, right? We win We win titles. You've won plenty. What is it, like 30-plus titles in Europe? Okay, so you know that that's what it takes to be good. That You know that's what it takes to be great. I, I, I just, I don't get it. So we, we do championships here, Zlatan. Not ego. And he said, oh, that's not my ego saying I'm the best ever. It's 100% your ego. You are all ego. Like, And again, it's not a bad thing, but it clouds your judgment of yourself. You think you're better than you are, and I just don't, I don't get it. No one's like running to be first in line to grab Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Did you win anything at um, United? Or did you just go there and score some goals for a few years? So, I don't know. We like championships here. There's a reason people say Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. There's a reason people argue Kobe's the greatest ever. They argue that these are the greatest players ever because they won championships. We don't talk about Allen Iverson being the greatest ever because he didn't win championships. We don't talk about those things. Justified or not, that's the American mindset. Win titles. What have you done for me lately? Are you winning championships? I don't like the idea of what have you done for me lately and firing people. But again, this is America. Bring us some championships. All you got to do is win championships and people like you in America. That's it. That's all there is. Nobody talks about guys who don't win. People talk about Kobe because he's a winner. People talk about Jordan because he's a winner. People talk about LeBron being the greatest of all time because they're stupid. So anyways, whatever. Ibra, you're not the greatest player in MLS history. You weren't even the best player in California for the two years that you were here. Stop it. Just stop it. Moving on from that whole thing. I love you, Ibrahimovic. I really do. I'm a huge fan. It's just you're not the greatest player MLS has ever seen. So let's just, I know you're still going to say it for the rest of your life, but whatever. If you haven't been watching other sports happening, if you have been, you kind of know that there's a lot going on in the United States right now as far as sports. And we got playoffs going on in two different leagues. So let's get into some of these things that are going on here in the playoffs. If you haven't been paying attention, the Miami Heat went into the playoffs as the number one overall seed in the East. Uh, that finished out in the East, the top six, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto, Chicago, and then Brooklyn, Atlanta, Cleveland, Charlotte all played in that little play in they do which i honestly love that's one of the coolest things the nba has ever done to do that little playoff between those four teams to see who fills the last two playoff spots um it really entertaining the first year and pretty awesome again the next year so in the west phoenix they were great once again memphis i sort of knew memphis was going to be good because again as a utah fan i watched us in the playoff against them and man they got some ballers i I, I sort of grew a little distaste towards them, as you do when you play a team in the playoffs and you battle and you grind. But honestly, like, they beat us game one, and then we came back and won four games. And it, it just – they had no – I mean, in that series, they really had no business being in there. They were lucky to win the first game. The Utah played horrible in that first game and still almost won it. And then they go out and win the next four and win, and win that round. So – even with that being said, I knew that Memphis team had some ballers who were going to be good. I didn't know they were going to be this good right away, but here they are, number two in the West, followed by Golden State, Dallas, Utah, Denver, and then Minnesota, New Orleans, uh, the Clippers, and San Antonio were in that four-good team playoff. And guess who missed it? 
LeBron and the Lakers. <laughs> uh, LeBron, just like I was talking about, I, anybody who talks about you being the greatest ever, I don't know why. Don't know why. You just, I mean, 33 and 49. I think Jordan could have played one versus, one versus five for an entire season, probably gone 33 and 49. Even if you had gone in into that 14 play-in, that would have been laughable. Missing the playoffs is hilarious. So, whatever. It's always good. When the Lakers are out, America wins. <clears throat> and right now, the NBA playoffs are moving right along. We are in the East and West semis, the second round. And coming up, what do we got? Today is Wednesday. You'll be hearing this Thursday. So, by the time you hear it, the Sixers and the Heat will have played. The Mavericks and the Suns will have played. Then everybody gets the day off, and then those same teams play again on Friday. Saturday, Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Warriors. So that'll be a good. I like, but well, I guess I like the matchup of the Bucks, Celtics. Again, I don't watch that much basketball, so I'm basing it on very minimal knowledge of what goes on. Basketball's just not that entertaining to me. It's too focused on the individual, not enough on the team. And somewhere being like me living here in Utah, we always try to be about the team. And then when you get rid of somebody like Joe Ingles, who was a guy who you can tell it just ties the team together. His personality is just huge for that team. When you trade, when you get rid of a guy like that, I kind of knew the Jazz were going to be not great after that point. You know, we got some good players. But as anybody who knows anything about sports knows, it's not just about the talent you have. The team's got a mesh. And when you get rid of one of the favorite people on the team, that's just, I don't see how that's a good thing. <clears throat> and it's not like Joe Ingles is just, like, disposable. The dude's one of the best shooters in the league. Like, whatever. Dumb decision by the Jazz. But... Because of that, like, when you destroy the team like that and then you start making it about... Apparently, I mean, Rudy didn't really deny it. His tweet was interesting. But apparently he's given the Jazz an ultimatum, him or Mitchell. And honestly, I'd be okay if the Jazz were already in a spot where they were like, ah, oh, we need to choose either him or Mitchell. But when you're the one who walks into the office, goodbye. Love you, Rudy, but bye-bye. Just, just get rid of him. Just send him. If he actually did that, I, I would have traded him the next day. Like, oh, I guess if they can't, I don't know, because the season's still going on. But you know what I mean. Uh, the next day, I'd be making phone calls. How do we get rid of this guy? Where are we going to send him? And then just send him somewhere awful. Send him somewhere where there's just no chance of them having success. That even if you're the best defensive player in the world, you're not going to help Orlando or Detroit suddenly be great. I, that's what I would do. I don't care. E e even if he's right. Even if you're right. Doesn't matter. Even if he's right, even if you agree with him, even if you think Rudy, whatever. I'm not saying he's wrong if the Jazz should have to choose between them. But if you're the guy who walks into the office and says it, then you're the guy who's got to go. That's how I would do it. But then if somebody wants to sit down and actually weigh the options and say, okay, let's, let's look at this logistically. Who can we get rid of? Who can we afford to get rid of between the two? If Rudy hadn't walked into the office and the Jazz were already in a spot where they were deciding we need to get rid of one of these guys, I would get rid of Mitchell. Because... We've always had guys who can score points. He's very, very fun to watch. Very entertaining. He comes off as kind of a dick, to be honest with you. I think in real life he might be. But I don't really care about that because most of the greats are. But I would get rid of him because, uh, and I genuinely mean this, while I may not watch a lot of NBA, I watch the Jazz as much as I can. And have you ever, can somebody name me one time Donovan Mitchell hit a game-winning shot? Last three seconds. <laughs> If you can, if you can find it, let me know. Cause I, I, I don't think he's ever, 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 ever actually just gone out and hit a game-winning shot. And if he has, it hasn't been often enough that you can depend on it. When Mitchell has the ball in his hands at the end of the game, I'm just, 
I know he's going to shoot it, and I'm just, I know it's not going to go in, and it never does. <laughs> I've seen Bogey hit some big shots for us, never seen Mitchell do it. So anyways, that's where we are in the NBA. They're kind of coming close to the end. We'll keep up on that for those who are at all interested. Next, we're going to get into some hockey. Um, again, this playoffs just started. I'm not going to mention a lot. Hockey, if you if you like hockey, I like hockey because it's a lot like soccer. Yeah, they have a timeout, but you never ever see them use it until the third period, you know. But I was excited because last night, Colorado Avalanche played their first game. They are looking amazing. And the only team that I was really concerned about going into it because I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan is was uh, Florida because they've just had a killer season. And then they go out and they lose their first game and Colorado goes out and wins their first game seven to two. So I'm freaking stoked about the playoffs and I don't know. Hockey's just fun guys, especially I don't, I think soccer people should like hockey. It's a lot the same free flowing, figuring it out as you go. They have plays, they have things designed, but I mean, it's, it, it's just different, very different from anything else. I love hockey. We're not going to go too deep into that. I just wanted to brag about the avalanche winning seven to two. Cause that was amazing. Oh, but okay. Here's a gripe I have. I'm going to bring this up. The Avalanche were supposed to play on ESPN. And the game before it went into overtime. Well, they put the Avalanche game on ESPNU so nobody could watch it. I'm sorry, who has ESPNU? I've never known a single person who watches something on ESPNU. But you put it on ESPNU and no one can watch it. And they're just like scoring, 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 scoring. Like it just never stops. But it was, a, yeah, awesome that they did that. But, yeah, F-U-E-S-P-N. Send it over to ESPN2 or one of your other channels. F-U-E-S-P-N. Okay, so that kind of catches you up on what's going on in other things, other sports. Baseball, again, they're just kicking off. The Red Sox are garbage. The Yankees are amazing. Um, and baseball's just been fun to watch all around the league. The teams you're expecting to be good are being good, you know, and other than the Red Sox. I'm a Sox fan. Yes, it's sad. I know. It's a sil- It's it's a sickness, really. There's there's more something wrong with me than anything when it comes when you're like, why are you a Sox fan? Because I'm sick. That's why. Because I'm ill. So that's where that's at. Baseball, that's just fun. Another sport I love. We'll talk plenty about that in the future. But today, I want to get into some soccer stuff because we got some fun stuff in soccer. But right before we do that, uh, we've got some interesting things that I found. Uh, I'm going to try and do this every now and then on the episode this day in sports. On May the 5th, in 1863, there was an Irish boxer named Joe Coburn. He knocks out American Mike McCool in the 67th round in his first defense of heavyweight championships of America in Charlestown, Maryland. 67 rounds in that fight in, that fight in 1863. That's insane. 1904. Cy Young, he pitches the first perfect game in modern baseball as the Boston Americans beat the Philadelphia Athletics 3-0. So I bet you didn't know that. First perfect game in modern history happened today, 118 years ago. All right, so that's all the fun stuff that happened today in history. Um, Let's get into the meaty stuff of today's episode. Excited to talk about soccer with you guys today. Let's go. All right, let's get into soccer. Before we get that going, I have a new thing I want to do with you guys every week. It's going to be our fake headlines. First story, Cristiano Ronaldo continues to score goals for Manchester United and win Man of the Match awards, making it much, much easier for them to forget how dreadful they've been since his return. One Manchester United fan said, I don't really care if we get to the Champions League if we have Ronaldo. We never win that league anyway. The American fan base for Everton FC is excited about the club going to the championship next season. 
One fan said, it just shows that no matter how bad things can go for you along the way, you can still go to the big dance, and everyone loves a Cinderella story, leaving fear in those who hope to see Major League Soccer develop some sort of promotion relegation system. One of them said, it definitely doesn't help that our fans don't even understand what relegation actually means. And in other European soccer news, Bayern Munich has won their 10th straight Bundesliga title. Bundesliga officials say that they may just send Munich the next 10 trophies too, because why bother? Now we jump over to MLS. San Jose last week had finally won a game after firing their coach. Then they turn around and lose this week. They're considering firing their coach after every single match, because that seems to be the only thing that works. The Chicago Fire, if you haven't noticed, they have a new logo. And it no longer looks like a dumpster fire, only the level of play on the field does. They brought in this logo this year because of the poor reception of their new logo last year. When asked about it, one fan said, well, now we look like a dumpster fire in baby blue. And that'll do it for today's fake headlines. Okay, here we go. Champions League. As of this recording, guys, the second leg of Madrid and City has not happened yet. But here's my prediction. Madrid goes through. They play Liverpool, who looked awesome yesterday, even though... They were handed a couple of goals by the goalkeeper. Is anybody surprised Liverpool went through? No, I'm not. So we saw, we're seeing Liverpool go through. We knew they were going to beat. But hats off to Villarreal. Don't get me wrong, okay? Turns out maybe Emery wasn't the problem at Arsenal. That team was just a mess. He could have been the wrong guy for the job. He could have been the wrong guy to, to manage those kids. But I don't think he was the problem. The problem is we have a bunch of kids. Dumped on us by Wenger. We'll go on. We'll talk about that one day. Now is not the time because I will go off forever on Wenger. No, no, got to stop. Not doing that today. Let's get. So, anyways, Champions League is here. Second leg is today. I think. I don't know what the score is. I don't think it matters. I think Madrid wins. So, letting when City let Madrid score three goals on them at home, it, you, that was when I was just like, okay, like people were so stoked. Oh, City won. City beat Madrid. Well. You allowed three goals at home in a two-leg playoff. That's not good, guys. That is not good. City beating Madrid in Madrid is just not likely. But I think I think they take care of it. Benzema does his thing like he has. The Penenka he had was gorgeous. He really can't do it better than that. And then in the final, who knows? Man, Liverpool, they're, they're so good, it's disgusting. Like, they're just, ugh, they're so good. So good. Not a fan, but they are so freaking good and i don't know them in madrid right now that could this could be one of the greatest finals we see so i'm excited for that moving on to the premier league which is wrapping up these teams got like four games left three four games left some of them five what whoever they are depends but city and liverpool are running away with it just like they have been and deservedly they're killing it but running up behind them you got chelsea arsenal tottenham united it kind of funny at arsenal and united i feel like for a long time we're competing to see who could be a bigger joke. Right now, United's winning. Arsenal's in fourth. And they're only three points behind Chelsea. Now, think about this. If they didn't go out, Arsenal didn't go out and blow three games in a row to Southampton Palace and I think it was Brighton. Like, they'd be six points on top, on top of Chelsea. Instead, they're three points behind. But even with that being said, did anybody see this group of kids coming in fourth this year? I didn't. I as an Arsenal fan, we kind of, I think we at least demand European play. So I think we were demanding sixth. Looks like we're safe and in getting into that. Well, at least be in the Euro League, which obviously is not Champions League, but it's still good. 
until you tanked and had no European play this season. You know, so get back into Europe. But if you can get back into the Champions League, you know, the round of 16 has missed us. We, we, we can go and get eliminated there like we always do, but it won't look as bad this time because we just got back with all these kids and Shaka somehow. The weirdest thing about all this is that Chelsea's only three points ahead of Arsenal. Premier League Chelsea and Cup Chelsea are two totally different Chelsea's. It's crazy. It's crazy how much that team underperforms because I feel like they've just got mad talent and I don't know why they can... Well, okay, I partly know why they can't put it together and it's because Timo Werner keeps seeing way too much of the pitch. Way too much, all right? And if you've been paying attention as an American, you should be agreeing with me for a couple reasons. One, the guy sucks, okay? So overrated. Don't even understand how he's still at Chelsea. Two, he is killing Pulisic's playing time over there. If Werner were gone, Pulisic would play a lot more. But I don't think Tuchel trusts Pulisic for some reason. I don't I don't think he dislikes him. He coached him at, uh, at wherever it was, Dortmund, right? So I don't think it's that. I just don't think he fully believes in him. And I think part of it might be because he's built like a twig. And when you coach in Germany for a while and in England, you've got some beasts over there. Those guys are massive. And Pulisic's built like a twig. And it's just maybe that's why you don't. he doesn't just fully believe in him. Every coach has their reason. So anyway, Arsenal has a chance to kind of overtake Chelsea at the end of the season. And it's easy to kind of be like, ah, I don't think they'd do it, but they might because you don't know what the uh, what Chelsea's going to do. <laughs> Tottenham, whatever. I, I hate Tottenham, so we're not even going to talk about them. And Manchester United, they're just a joke. Again, Ronaldo keeps scoring these goals and getting mad at the matches. Like, you won 3 nothing. Ronaldo's goal didn't make a difference. You lost to... He scored that tap-in against Arsenal. They lost. Like, he scores goals that don't really matter, and then they celebrate it, and they've forgotten how much better they were before he, he got there. It's just it's crazy. They were a Champions League team. And you're talking about how great it's going to be. I saw somebody said the other day on, on the social medias, on the Facebooks, said something about how He's going to be so much better next year. United will be so much better next year under a new coach. Well, it's like, well, that's cool because you're going to be in EuroLeague, so you're going to need it. You went United, you got worse. Say whatever you want about your fanboyhood over Cristiano Ronaldo. United was better before he got there. And it was kind of predictable because you knew when he got there, whatever United was trying to build with the guys they had, out the window, gone, see ya. We're bringing in Cristiano. And as long as he here, he's here, he gets to play up top or wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Might be the most selfish player on the planet. And it's just, that's not good for a dynamic of a team that's trying to create something like United. They've been struggling recently, you know, but they have they clearly have a plan. They have some kids they're trying to work with. They have some things they're trying to build. Ronaldo destroyed all of that, which is totally fine by me, by the way. Keep him, which I also had a feeling he was going to come back to United one day. And it won't be long till he's in... MLS, I promise you, he will be in MLS because he loves the having the cameras on him. He loves having the glamour. I think he wants probably wants to act. He wants to live in LA. He and I bet he goes to LAFC, which would just be hilarious, just to see Galaxy fans go mad, you know. But and the thing is, yeah, Ronaldo. <sighs> I probably, <laughs> I'm sure I'm wrong, but I'm exaggerating. But I've probably never seen an athlete in more shape, like in better shape. I mean, have you seen the guy? Probably 0% body fat. The guy's a freak, and that's why he can do a lot of things he can do. That's why he's so powerful. You know, that's why he's, that's why he finishes so strongly. And when he brings that to MLS, that doesn't, that's not going to just go away. He's going to come here and dominate and whatever. Could be good, could be bad, whatever. 
But yeah, I think we see him here in MLS after he's done with United, whenever that may be. Where else is he going to go? I mean, what is there a league he hasn't played in that he could go play in? Just came from Italy, played in Spain forever. Now he's in England. I don't, I don't see him going to the German league. So that's where we're at in the Premier League. City and Liverpool running away with it. I think I, I really don't know who to predict who's going to win. Anybody can slip up any day, but those two are going at it again. And will Arsenal overtake Chelsea? I really hope they do. I think they might. My brother's a Chelsea fan, so it'd be nice to celebrate St. Totteringham's Day and uh, finishing above Chelsea on the same day. That'd be great as an Arsenal fan. Oh, man, I am feeling good this morning. You know, I gotta say, this episode, guys, brought to you by Wives, because this episode, this today, oh, I, I gotta be honest, I don't think I'd have the energy to do the episode this week, guys. I just, did, I tried to record yesterday, it was just not enthusiastic, just could not get in the feel, and my wife, last night, just made me go to bed. I actually got a good full night of sleep, and I'm feeling great this morning, so Shout out to my wife and all the wives out there who take care of their husbands. You guys are amazing. One thing I have to say, every morning I wake up, I roll over, I have a nice warm cup of coffee right next to me on my nightstand. That's how awesome this woman is. And I got it with me right now doing this podcast. Mmm. Good stuff. Okay, Major League Soccer. I'm excited today. We're going to talk just a little bit of what's about what's going on again. I say we're early. We're like a third of the way, almost a quarter of the way through the season. I still feel like it's just a little early to start uh, overanalyzing individual teams as this is going. Right now, it, if you're looking at the scores every week, they're all pretty competitive. Like, we've got a lot of close games. Obviously, there's some blowouts, but there's a lot of good just like two-goal, one-goal victories. Uh, teams that are winning 2 nothing, I think that's great. Shut out people, score two goals. That's a good game because you were forced to play the whole game. Uh, the one match, well, there were two matches in particular I wanted to talk about. One, uh, first one, Austin FC in Houston. If you guys watched that, that was a fun, fun match. Uh, some things I noticed in that, Austin FC had, what, like 2,000 fans in one little bitty corner. Maybe that's being generous. And that, it sounded like a home game for Austin. Though Those fans in that corner were were louder than it was when it scored, when Houston scored. So what's going on, Houston? <laughs> I'm actually moving down to that area. What's going on? I'm excited. I'll be in that stadium wearing my Salt Lake gear, making more th- noise than you. So fine with me. But what's going on down there? How can you? And don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm a Salt Lake guy. I... <laughs> we've let people come in and out cheer us, but we've also our team has given us reason to just sit there in silence. I remember years ago we were so loud. We played Seattle in the playoffs. It was a crazy, crazy game, and we lost in extra time. And and they only have a little bitty corner in the top of that stadium, and they were just rocking. I hate Seattle on a rivalry level, but they their fans are their fans are loud. Their fans show up, and their team's always good. So you got to give them respect for that. But in this Austin and Dynamo game, uh, we had the goal of the week in the fifth minute. I mean, it was the first game of the week, first five minutes, goal of the week. Ferreira scores that goal from. The, the most expensive signing in Dynamo history, by the way, scores that goal from half field, and it was beautiful. The only thing that ruins it, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, but watch it on mute because the announcer ugh, completely destroys it. Whoever was commentating that game, oh my goodness. Guys, uh, somebody out there has got to be able to help me with this. Somebody knows how to start a charity and actually get, you know, get it growing and make it happen. And I'm looking to start a charity. Any amount would help. 
all of the money. I don't care if we raise $300, $3 million. I'd like to see it closer to the $3 million. And I'm being serious because we're going to use this money to divvy up to all of these American commentators who go, goal after every goal. Ah, uh, it's so annoying. It is so freaking annoying. I hate it. It ruins it. Just stop trying to be something else. That only happens in one part of the world. Let that part of the world do it, okay? We don't do that here. We sound ridiculous. Anyways, so yeah. But then moving forward, if you could get past that guy commentating, you can watch it. It was a good game. And Austin City ended up winning 2-1. to one, And those guys are legit. And their fans are showing up legit, too. So I'm excited to see what Austin does this year. Just because it's somebody new. And moving down to that area, I could go rock with that crowd. I'd drive a little while to go see Austin play or to get a drive forever out. For those who don't know, Rail Salt Lake does not play in Salt Lake. They play in Sandy. And that is much different than Salt Lake, just so y'all know. And driving out to that place sucks. Parking out there sucks. The other game I wanted to bring up this week, Real Salt Lake against the LA Galaxy. I want to bring it up because this this game was a perfect example, in my opinion, why it's still a little too early to start overanalyzing the league. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I think these guys are great. Don't get me wrong, but they they do uh, they 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 talk about the MLS every single week, and they go through every single game. And what I realized is that they're saying the same thing in every game. Oh, I thought this team played well, but they struggled here. And really, I didn't think these guys were bad. I mean, it's always the same. And they kind of read down the stats, possession, this, that. And then you you just kind of start filling the gaps with information. Like, I don't know if they can sustain this, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like people... Stop trying to sound like the commentators on TV, like the the people who do these TV shows. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I don't think there's any point in going through every single minute of every single game and talking about... And saying the same thing all the time. There's no real personal opinions on there. They all sound the same. So I think my personal opinion, this at this point in the league, is just a little too early, and this game shows why, because Real Salt Lake just got spanked by New York 6-0, and then the Galaxy's been killing it. Like They're, they're doing really well, and they didn't play poorly against Real Salt Lake, but they lost 1-0. They got shut out, you know? So... Some of this just doesn't make sense. You know, I thought our Real Salt Lake was turning into their old selves where it, we're, we just kind of are fighting for that playoff spot. That's just Utah sports. We're just happy to get to the playoffs, apparently. But that's why I think it's just too early to keep diving into, I don't know who, who how this team is going to do, this team. I predict this. What I can predict, Austin's going to keep going off, at least for a while. Everybody has a chance to fall off. Austin's going to go off. New York City FC, they've scored 14 goals in their last three games. Everyone gets a streak. This is a hot, hot, hot streak but it's still short. So we'll see what happens. I think Cincinnati needs to be given it, it's weird. I don't think Cincinnati's going to even make the playoffs, but they could ruin some playoff shot, some playoff chances for some other teams. I think they're right there. They're front back, they're not complete, but they're starting to show that they can do some stuff. They start, they score some good goals and they're more competitive. Now They've won three games this year. It's a shame they only, you know, have one more win throughout the rest of the season based on their history. But you never know. We could see the best, and it wouldn't take much, but we could see the best Cincinnati team we've seen so far. And Miami, I just want to bring up Miami because I think it's hilarious that David Beckham FC is just not good. I don't think he was ever serious about making a competitive team in Miami. I, I think he just wanted to live in Miami. And I just think he he just wanted to have a team down there in Miami. And we're going to do our colors pink because Miami. But anyways, tonight, as of this recording, it's Wednesday, Toronto. And 
Cincinnati are playing each other, so we'll get a chance to see. If Cincinnati wins today, they jump up to like the sixth spot with like a game in hand on some teams. But still, they could make a huge leap by getting a win today. And Toronto hasn't been amazing, but at least like it's somewhat of a test. Toronto at least has a structure; they have an identity. So you do gotta. I think they, it's still it'll still be a challenge. It's Cincinnati; it's still going to be a challenge. It feels like everything is, but if they got a win today, they'd be good for them. They could really jump up. Uh, this weekend, New York City, New York City plays uh, Kansas City. A chance for them to get another win, score some goals. Kansas City's not been great. And Cincinnati gets another chance to get a win at Minnesota. So Cincinnati, like I said, right off the bat here, they could they could get a chance. So, so like I said, still a little too early. If they lose these next couple games, then we're about a third of the way through, and they'll be they'll be hurting and they'll just kind of be at the Cincinnati default. But if they win these next two games, which they could, then they're going to be in the mix. And there'll be some pressure on them to keep performing. Which they haven't really done before because they're awful. And then the big game this week, this should be the fun one, LAFC uh, is at home against Philadelphia. Uh, Both are tops in their conferences. LAFC is better overall. They have 22 points. Philly has 18. But the number one from the East and West are playing this weekend. So watch that one. So that's it. As far as just talking about where MLS is at right now, the the main topic I wanted to get into today is uh, the... Pro rel, you know, promotion relegation thing, and the reason I want to talk about it is because it 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 always seems to be something that people are interested in. Somebody always seems to have a strong opinion either way, right? And I don't think, at least for me, I'm somebody who is in support of it. It I don't think that it's like ridiculous that we don't have it, but I think we should. I, I like it. I think we should try to find a way to do it, but. There are going to be things that need to be changed that I don't think people are aware of because I wasn't aware of them until I actually did some of the homework on it, which is also why I never had a strong opinion either way, because I admittedly never really looked into it. When people say, oh, it's not logistically possible, this, that, I don't know if they're right. I don't. So I've never really looked at it. So I just said, okay. And they bring up travel and I realize that travel sucks, but like if that's, if travel is the biggest issue, then I think we can get over it. But travel is not the biggest issue. When it comes to the now I'm just doing a watered down version of this. I'm not going to talk to you guys forever on it. Let's just kind of discuss why this really can't happen now, but it might one day, and I think it should because I told you I think it's ridiculous. We have way too many teams in our league, and it's not balanced. You don't play, you don't play balanced schedules. Like I said before, if you win a team who wins the supporter shield, if you had to play Seattle twice. And Cincinnati four times, and the team that was behind you played Seattle four times, and and Cincinnati twice. You're not playing a balanced schedule. If you had to play one of these teams four times, one of them two times, who would you pick? You'd take. I'd take. I'd play Cincinnati four times. I will. I only want to play Seattle twice. I only want to play LA twice. I'll play Miami four times. You know, it's it's just not balanced. And pro relegation cannot happen if it's not a balanced structure scheduled like that anyway. It's not fair to knock out teams who have to play more games against tougher teams. And I realize this, that's not the case in every scenario, but if it happens in any scenario, I'm not cool with it. And if I ain't cool with it, it ain't happening, dog. So anyways, here's here's the two kind of real differences between these. That, again, if you bring up travel, real quick, like the, the longest um, travel in in the premier league for say is from Brighton to Newcastle. And that's about a six hour bus ride. That's a long bus ride. But if you do it a couple days before, you don't care. You get the rest. You're fine. You know, no, there's no jet lag when you do that. And then the longest travel in the, the United States is from LA to Miami, which is about a five hour flight. So 
again, even when I say that, as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, so what? I would much rather take a five-hour flight than a six-hour bus ride, personally. Because, well, that's if I ever get on an airplane again, but that's a different story. Yeah, I just don't see how travel can be the biggest issue. So you have to fly further, whatever. And like you said, so let's say you see, we they, we implement ProRail, you see Dallas, Austin, and Houston all get relegated, right? And then the three teams that get promoted, say, are all on the West Coast in Phoenix or California or Oregon or freaking Idaho. You know what I mean? So if they're over there, then it puts more travel strain on the Eastern side teams who have to travel to the West more. So freaking what? I don't get it. Are they so pampered that a flight across the country is just too much? We already do it. I, I, I don't know. That's just, that is a weak, lame excuse to not have it. So the travel should just be something they just get over because they do it all the time. It's not like baseball. You play 162 games and most of those games are in your area. They still got to fly to LA from Boston. But the things that, but the things that really kind of get in the way is this is the difference. The main difference is between the two, in my opinion, is the structure of what MLS is and what Bundesliga is, what Premier League is. So, in in Europe, imagine say you go to you go to the mall, and you want to go to the food court or you want to go whatever to any store, right? All of those stores have to pay rent to the mall, and then beyond that, they don't really do anything the mall doesn't get to tell them like what they can sell, what the prices is, whatever the mall has their hours. You can be open. You can have different hours within those hours. Beyond that, you do what you do in your store. Okay. That's what it's like in Europe. These teams pay money to be a part, you know, essentially pay rent in the premier league in the Bundesliga. And when, once they do that, your owner gets to do what he does with the club. And that's why, you know, having money matters because money doesn't just get you into the league. It also gets you, you, you can do what you want. You can buy these players. The league can't really do much to tell you how to run your team. In Major League Soccer, the owners are more like shareholders. Don Garber manages the day-to-day MLS operations. So in order to kind of change that, you know, like, like the owners are kind of shareholders and just kind of team operators. In order to change that, you'd have to have these second division American teams would have to have the money to start paying that rent, like I said, quote, to Major League Soccer. And right now, they don't have the money to pay for that. And if they suddenly win and get promoted, like, they really don't suddenly just have the money for it, especially if you're not expecting to get promoted in that first season. You know, there might be some teams that have the money and the will and the desire and blah, 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 but they just fall short and don't advance. They lose nothing. If some team from Sprouts Up, you know, out of Milwaukee... And they are in a tiny market with little money. They just have a fantastic first season. And now they're suddenly supposed to play pay Major League Soccer contracts. That could be rough. And right now, the price, what I saw, I don't know how they base this. Because it's not a thing. I don't think it's really an option. But I guess they're saying it would cost right around $300 million. Probably more. And by the time this is actually implemented, who knows what it'll be. You know what I mean? Half a billion by the time we're actually able to do it. And these teams just don't have that money. Uh, we don't have the stadiums to support that kind of money. A lot of these guys play in little stadiums. Even still, with Nashville coming along and building that big stadium, it, it, the the stadiums are going to get bigger. I love that Salt Lake was the first team to do it, but like we're kind of stuck with a twenty thousand seat stadium. It's a great stadium. I love it, but like we're not. That's are we going to be able to do bigger than that? Doesn't seem like it. I don't know where we put it. It's already out in 
Ooh, almost said something I shouldn't. It's already out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. They're already out there where it's just a pain in the butt to get to. So these lower teams, the money they'd have to come up with somehow, it's like $300 million is the price. And that's just, that's crazy, right? They can spend $300 million to go into a league just to go out and fail and bounce right back down. If you're not really sure how it works, like the relegation process, when your team, if, okay, Everton, let's take Everton. Perfect example right now. Everton, I think that they have been uh, relegated from the top division. The, it always had it hasn't always been called the Premier League, but since it's been called the Premier League, I don't think that they've been relegated ever. So they've always just operated that way, right? If you watch, they've had some great players on their team. Richarlison, I love watching that dude. Dude's great. If Everton get relegated, they have a bunch. They have a roster full of Premier League contracts, and they're all going to be playing in. The championship. For those who don't understand that, that's the second division. I don't know why they call the second division the championship, but that's what they're calling it. So it's different. There's uh, the pay structures are different when you go down. So that means they got to start saving some money. And it's not maybe maybe Everton has the cash to get through a season and be like, we'll be back the next season. But usually, when you get relegated, you fall apart. And when a team like Leeds goes up and has does well. They've got guys on, on a few Premier League contracts. If they go down, they're in trouble because they don't have the money to, to sustain those Premier League contracts. And they fall apart, and that's why it'll take a team like Leeds forever to get back up. Fulham, they bounce back up after a year for a reason, you know? So it just depends. But relegating relegation is bad. Relegation is not good. It tears teams apart, especially if you are took you forever just to fight to get there, and then you only made it for like two years, you know? It, it becomes harder to get back. So when you think about that part of it, it, it's scary, but again, it's just how it works. And But this is all why I really, I don't know when it can happen. I'm, I think it'll happen one day because people, how many teams we got? Like 47, you know, once we get enough teams, there might be a way to do it. They might have to have a season where it's like we do a playoff or maybe it's two years in a row. We do an average. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but there's got to be a way. Say we have 40 teams in MLS. There has got to be a way to split that up into two divisions, a promotion relegation system. And being a Salt Lake guy, I get it. We probably won't perform well enough to be in the top flight, but we already have the money to be in MLS. So maybe that'd be a way to do it. You know, I don't know. Don't know all the details on that, but maybe I, I hate all these teams. We just keep adding. The league is too big. The schedule makes no sense, but maybe eventually there's enough teams who can afford to do it that we just split it, deal with it. Don't care if you used to be in Major League Soccer. You got to earn your way back up to Premier League Soccer, you know, Major League Premier League Soccer Bundesliga One, whatever we're gonna call it. So, anyways, that's that's it. That's all we're gonna talk about as far as the pro rail thing. I know it's a hot topic. If you have your opinions, I've said this to you before. I want you guys to be on the show. I want you to be involved. Take a minute out of your life. Click the link. Go leave a message. Tell me that you think I'm crazy. I I really prefer the people who disagree with me to call in, leave a message. Let's get you on the show. And if you don't want to be on the show, you can tell me. I don't have to play your voice, but you can just tell me what your thought is. I'll still let you know, like, hey, this person told me this. I won't expose you by name. I won't do anything like that. But take one minute out of your life. Click the link. Go leave a 30-second message. Let's put it on the show. Let's get more opinions other than mine. And as I keep this going, I'm going to have other people on the show with me. It's something I'm in the works on, something I wanted to do this week. Wasn't really quite able to do. But the other thing I also want to do is give you guys more content. I'm actually enjoying this so much. Spreading this out every two weeks is tough. 
because there's always so much to talk about. So, like, whether it's soccer, hockey, baseball, and a little bit of basketball, like, football's going to be coming up. I, I want to be here. I want to be talking. I want to be hanging out with you guys. This is what I love to do. I love to just talk sports. And I don't, I'll, clearly, I don't even need somebody sitting right next to me to do it because I can just go off about these things forever. But it feels like you guys are here with me. I mean, if you're, if you're listening, you're here with me, right? So let's get you guys on the show. Go to the link, click it, leave a message. Let's get you guys on the show. Eventually, I will have more people doing the show with me. Like I said, want to bring you more content, want to keep this coming out. I'm having so much fun doing it. But other than that, guys, this is, this is going to do it for this week. So happy you stopped by. Keep looking out for more stuff. Some of them will be longer, shorter. My plan is to just give you an episode every single Thursday. A more focused main topic episode didn't really happen this week. We just kind of went over some stuff. I was going to talk about the number nine for the U.S., but we really pounded them last week, so I'm going to give them a week off. But now I don't want to do this every two weeks. I just want to come on here, and I want to record stuff. I want to put it up, and I just want to be with you guys. I want to want to get this out here. So keep tuning in, paying attention. If you have anything you want me to talk about, if you have any topics that are coming up, if you find anything interesting, whatever, whatever's going on, if you have an opinion, again, if you if you if you disagree with me, you're my favorite. I could not be more excited about having messages and opinions that are the opposite of mine, because otherwise, all I'm ever hearing is stuff that I agree with. And that's not good. Not good for anybody. So let's get your thoughts in. Even if you just want to come on and uh, say hi to your girlfriend, we'll put that on here. All right. Thank you guys so much again. My name is Jordan. Cautionable Offense Podcast. I will see you guys very soon. Hey guys, once again, thanks again for listening to the show. It means a lot to me. If you could, if you're liking the show at all, please, whatever platform you're listening to it on, leave me a rating, leave me a review. It helps me out tremendously. And thank you once again for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you again.